I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that, Blondie? Game over, man. Game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? pure evil. I want to buy some uh, radio ad time. Welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tui. We got Carmack in the back. This is Invasion of the Poly Snatchers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, Noel, we're back again. And this time we're going on another famous horror location. Stop. We, yeah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> so we've already been to uh, Derry, Maine. All of us now forever going to remember this Mary Dane from that episode. But um, and we've been to the Overlook Hotel and we've been back to the Overlook Hotel and we also came back to Derry, Maine. But this time we went to Woodsboro, which was like something like probably the only iconic, really, truly iconic franchise from the 90s in terms of horror. Yes. Like you had knockoffs. I feel, not that I'm a historian of horror, but I feel like it was dying, it needed this. Yeah. The, the Uma Thurman, and this was the adrenaline shot to the heart that yeah. were so desperately needed. And it was like, um, um uh, and like that franchise we speak of, of course, is Scream, and uh, but it was like one of the few, or the one, the last franchise that was actually made by one of the true horror masters from back yeah. in the day. Like, if you look at it, like, when was, when's the last time John Carpenter created a new franchise? Oh, absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, or when you go back, George Romero's passed away. And you look at the, like, Toby Hooper passed away. So Wes Craven, who's no longer with us now, he was probably, this was probably the last brand new IP created by one of the true I horror. A, a complete and total step away from, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. As in, he wasn't, he'd, he didn't, like, you know, there's guys who are known for their body horrors, guys yeah. who like to, to mess with the, with the eternal and ethereal and yeah. hell and heaven and all that kind of stuff. But this was... Like if you if you went into this and I uh, and you had no idea and I said you knew all the franchises but none of the directors and I said who do you think made this you take you take some wild stab at it. and if you got Wes Craven it because of a wild stab yeah bar the, the little cameo where he actually is dressed like Freddy and he's a, a yeah um, but bar that there's no there's no hints of it he had a new idea a, yeah a very meta idea yeah it was executed perfectly. and I remember something we touched on before is often a sign of uh, Philemon's last legacy or success is the knockoffs. Oh my god! And after well, Scream, if like, we're going to talk knockoffs, man, from Scream, I there isn't enough hours in the yeah, day. Yeah, like because the way I look at it is Halloween birthed the slasher frenzy in the, in the eighties, and Scream kind of birthed the slasher frenzy in the late nineties, early two thousands, and like the bow had even for completely different reasons because uh, Halloween, in a sense, popularized this classic slasher, yes. where Scream, in a sense, popularized the modern slasher, yes. very meta, like you said. It was the first one that kind of winked at the audience and fucking, yes. uh, see, that was like, I said in character, I even winked at you there and all. It was unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know, you wink at, like, it was like, it was one of the first times where they like, yeah. literally, like, they look at horror. Like, it's very few times when you look at a horror movie back in the day, the reference horror yes because they want this scare that they're uh enduring or whatever it just seems so the film is about unique. itself and not about anything else. yeah exactly like, yeah. you never you never sat down in the it's, cafeteria yeah. with michael myers yeah exactly yeah you know him sitting there with yeah. the mask and going i don't know who's been killing all these people you know yeah um but this one was definitely you had the whodunit and you had um a snake eating its own tail because yeah. you knew there was somebody inside of the group killing people inside of the group. Yeah. And then you had they were actually obeying the rules because at the end of it all they were horror fanatics. Yeah. Again, the, the most iconic scene from this film, and it had some great deaths as well. Actually, it's probably Drew Barrymore in the opening. Yeah, that's the I'm most gonna, iconic. I'm gonna keep it real. It's Drew Barrymore. In yeah, the of course. But but second to that then was yeah. when Randy gets up and he gives the, the video source scene. Uh, 
no, I'm talking the house party. So oh, yeah, yeah. Gives the rules. The yeah. rules. Yeah. And the thing is, despite the fact that this was supposed to be the real world, like I know all movies are, but this was supposed to be outside of movie for of horror franchises. They, they did stick to it. Yeah. It was the whole, you have to lose your virginity. Don't say I'll be right back. Yeah, but no, no, they kind of, they, they followed the tropes, but also broke them at the same thing, because Sydney had sex with Billy, but she survived. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, I'm, not, I'm talking about the actual killers inside of the film. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, they wanted to be, they wanted to, to, to kind of, well, they were maniacs, but they also seemed to want to uh, pay homage to the, to the films that yeah. they would, you know, have watched. That inspired them. That inspired them. Yeah, because yeah. they were like, that. our defences were going to blame the movies. It's never yeah. been done before. Like, you know what I mean? And like, one thing I liked about it as well is that like, uh, our, no, do you ever play the game? Um, I watched them more and more times now and I'm always trying to figure out who's killing who and when. Like, have you ever done is like trying to pick who's ghost face? Oh, and when? Like, is this Billy? Is this Stu? Uh, like, I always think the power to know when ghost face is really clumsy. And he's getting like, he gets a lot of punishment. He slaps off the ground. I think that's oh, Stu. Yeah, yeah. You're, running, I, you're running at a teenage girl and you've got a really you know, shit yeah. Rambo knife. Yeah. And, you, <coughs> and you're just falling haplessly over. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Ghostface takes a lot of punishment. Um, oh, I think that's always Stu. I yeah. think when he's constantly nearly failing over to get away, I, I think that's Stu. I, I meant to look into it because I know I did before and they had like a fish, Kevin Williams or whatever, has come out and said, yeah, no, like between Billy and Stu, this murder, this murder, this murder yeah. was hit, supposed to be him. This murder was supposed to be him. Who do you think the first murder was? Who? I'd say the first murder was probably Billy because I think we're supposed to really... Uh, Stu is... You is, kill my girlfriend, I kill yours. Yes. And Stu also has this kind of like... He might be mentally damaged. He's oh, so, Billy's the dominant one. Yes. They Billy, has this do Billy actually is... Yeah. The one you end up hating. Isn't it the hills? Was it the Hillside Stranglers? Uh, the two guys, the two cousins. Ken Bianchi and I can't remember the other dude's name. Yeah, but they often say in pairs of killers. There's uh, I, this is fucking criminal minds. I'm not no criminologist, yeah, yeah. but they say there's a dominant and then there's a sub, uh, subservient, oh, which yeah. is often the case in most oh, yeah, relationships. You, you, I thought you know I mean? could have gone on to do very nice things if you'd gotten in with this crowd. Just yeah, exactly. Very malleable. Yeah, kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like because like if he gets in with a football crowd, he's a footballer. Exactly. If he gets in with a rock crowd, he's a rocker. You know what I mean? And even and even if he gets in with a serial killer he's a serial killer yeah exactly and Stu was kind of penultimately that and you should hate him yeah Th thankfully because it's cinema we don't have to hate these people as much as we would if they carried out these things yeah but Matthew Lillard's amazing role oh absolutely yeah he's absolutely fantastic. live her alone <laughs> get it live her alone most of that last scene is like ad lib yeah because yeah, he uh when he gets Billy gets frustrated and throws uh, and when he talks to Sydney on the phone and he throws it and he hits um yeah, Stu, Stu with, with the, the phone and, and he's like you know like, what you doing I'm doing the all of that yeah. it's like that's one of the most, my favorite ads. do you know the part where he uh, ring he's going to he's uh, picks up the phone and he like, crosses his legs and that's like all oh, admin uh, ad libbed as well, like you know what I mean. And the part where he's like, "My parents are gonna be so mad." That's like ad libbed as well. So and even the part where he goes, "I've always had a thing for you, Sid." And she puts the TV. There was no um, dialogue there originally. And she puts the TV, and she's like, "Dream on." That's ad libbed as well. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'm pretty sure because I watched the making of this a long time ago. But like, I'm nearly sure a lot of the more iconic lines are ad libbed. In yeah, the... I do know that from the actor saying that they they were given quite a lot of freedom. Yeah. And if it worked, it worked. Yeah, and if it didn't, it didn't. Also, fine. because you just say like, take it from the top. Yeah, take it from the top. Yeah, and, and Wes Craven's like, a horror master. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes there is that, like, if you wanted to work in a fuck you or something, because that's the way it would be in real yeah. life. If somebody was trying to kill you and you managed to get the upper hand yeah. against all of the odds, that the fact of the matter, you might have a little something to say, and it it it, it lent into that. And again, it, it's supposed to give you a look at what 
living inside of a horror movie might be like. Yeah, if, if you're, you're aware. If you're aware. That you're inside a horror movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like if Deadpool was in a horror movie or something. And, yeah. and, and then they just decide, this from through the franchise, it just gets more meta. Yeah, because that is the hallmark or of the Scream franchise. Like when you look at hallmarks, like Halloween's is like suspense and fear of the earlier movies. I mean, and the better the better ones. And like when you got Friday Thirteen, it's like body count. And you get uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is like the how like extravagant, how elaborate can the dream sequences get throughout the movies. So with Scream, it's like the hallmark of Scream is how mad Part One was. Oh, huge. So it had to become more and more and more meta as it went along because that was his hallmark. So like even though the body counts got bigger, so did its self awareness. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Because that's what it was known for. Like and then know. it started like yeah, we've met a fourth one, and, but they, they were poking fun at themselves so many times. <laughs> that, like looking back at this as an entire franchise, yeah, it's it. it, it there's so much that I didn't really like about like the third one considered to be at the really time, but I don't mind it all yeah, now. Now looking at it, I just it's so like, fun. What, how much fun was this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like every single one. I was like, watch I was like, actually, now I don't think there's a one week film in that franchise. No, same. Like, in my opinion, like, I, I, some of them are weaker than others. Exactly. But they're not bad films at all. Oh, yeah. No, not even close. Like, not even close. Yeah. No. Because no. I just didn't get it at the time. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Part three, I was just like a bit off because it was so but, meta. Like, you know, I, like, when, I didn't you, understand that style, maybe, like, you know. When you revisit something like, you know, three, ten years later, for example, between three and four, three or four years later, and like the third one is a very updated one, and the second one just seemed to stand alone as a two. But watching them all together, you can see the full scope of what he was going for and how they tried to keep it fresh. And you look at the, the whole effort and you kind of go, wow, well done. Yeah. It's quite, it is quite fucking well done. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's even some of the silliness you have to let away because Scream was aware that it was a bit silly. Yeah. The Scream was a little bit silly. Yeah, and that, because originally Scream's working title was Scary Movie. Really? Yeah, I swear, and like that's where the whole thing came from because originally it was called Scary Movie. It was written as a spoof of actual uh, of the genre like in the terms of the way scary movie came around to the keenan brothers or sorry the wayne brothers the keenan brothers um keenan wayne's one of them isn't it and so like the the wayne brothers came out so scary movie scream originally was written as a spoof and i think as it went through the process they wanted to make it a bit more horror and even when you look at it, it still remains much of a spoof of the genre of the genre as anyone they said that this has more serious undertones now because i think originally it might have been in outright spoof you know what i mean kevin williamson wrote like you did dawson's creek halloween h20 i think as well didn't he like and so i think like the idea was originally it might have been like a comedic horror and i think even though it still remains one of the funniest horrors out there it became a bit darker i think throughout the process yes you know what i mean like yeah because there was there was uh, there was bad deaths of good characters mm. people you liked people you liked mm. i mean tatum's tatum's death was again it falls into yeah. that line of being a little bit um I was always a massive fan of Tim. Yeah. Yeah, like when she goes out she goes into a garage better than anybody I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. And I'm just gonna <laughs> diggy, diggy, diggy. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right now. I just think she goes she enters the garage better than anyone. She, like she's nobody makes an entry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, she she has no she does does a good job defending herself as well. And you know the the, the screen Am I supposed was... to be the girl is all scared. Do you remember that yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. they like that comes back in scary movie when Shannon Elizabeth does that like in the kind of knock up to the and end he degree. cuts her head off and he's like oh I'm no look at me I have no body I yeah. guess yeah. Um, but uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> her death was kind of gruesome and again a little bit funny mm. but the fact of the matter is when Sydney comes around the front of the house when she's running from Ghostface and she sees 
Yeah. She sees Tatum's body still hanging from the garage door. Which, is that Billy, do you think? Um, yes. Yeah. I think most of the stuff Stu- Sydney would have been Billy. I think Stu would have had to kill his own girlfriend. I think, uh, do you think, or do you think, wait, do you think Stu killed Tatum or Billy? I think Stu probably killed um, Tatum. Because um, Stu was at the party. Yeah, but didn't he go, I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Does he disappear? See, that's the thing. When yeah. Looking back on it, it's hard to track their movements. Because Billy hadn't shown up yet that yes. stage. So I was thinking it might have been Billy. Cause Both might have been Billy then, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think uh, when Sydney was nearly getting killed at the start, that was Stu. Because I think that was the how the pact probably started. Yeah. You know what I mean? You killed T- Tatum dumped me. You killed her. Or not Tatum, sorry. Um, Drew Barrymore's character. What was her name? Uh, Cindy, is it? No, Sydney was her. Was no, no. Her is it Cindy? What's her name? Cindy? Isn't that Cindy? Uh, well, she, well I, I, Casey. She was Casey. a red herring. Yeah, so oh, like, and we have to touch upon that before. Yeah, Drew Barrymore, the ultimate, the red most, the, it's, an, it's the most iconic red herring, and in, it all, in film history. It all came about because of scheduling conflicts. Because originally she was supposed to be Sydney Prescott, and she couldn't, and but she wanted to be part of the project. And I think Wes Craven came up with this idea is like you, you be the girl in the open sequence. Yeah, I mean and she was she was already quite famous at this stage, and very like, I mean, famous. Drew yeah, Barrymore's I mean, been famous. Since she got like, shot out of the womb. Know, I mean, <laughs> Courtney Cox and. And uh, uh, Neve Campbell are all these very famous people. Like, who were they in 1996? Yeah. Well, Courtney Cox was in France, France, so yeah. she had, she had a lot of name recognition. Yeah. But but Drew Barrymore uh, was 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 been in stuff since she was a little girl. Like, yeah. ET was her second film. Firestarter. Firestarter. That's yeah. Like as I said, she's been famous since she got shot out of the womb. Like she's been like, yeah. she's been famous since she was like a small child. And not only that, like she went through the whole. Being like the the problems with Hollywood at the time when she was like an alcoholic and uh, fucking drug addict when she was like it's small like in her adolescence yeah. like she's been along around so long but she was uh, yeah she's she been acting that, that entire she had time that whole, what happens when you give too much influence and money to a, a child yeah. and tell them that they're incredibly special yeah and then now, now she's the exact other end of the spectrum she's one of the ones that came out the other side <laughs> yeah and I'm happy about that yeah because it all it swallows yeah, it's ever got, far long and stuff it's, it swallows them like. and I think the best thing about the intro is who do we love more like there's very few people you love more Drew Barrymore and she's so bubbly she's yeah. like a Julia Roberts real bubbly real Americana that girl next door and to see her in the opening sequence like of course she's the main character yeah it's Drew Barrymore like I thought, again, I mean, the first time I, I watched this, I was only I was only a kid, but I I remember thinking like, oh, this is a scene where her boyfriend dies. Yeah, that's how you say, and she gets away, and, and that's how you start away. the film. And that's exactly yeah, it. And, that's, and that's and that's her investment in. That's why she's going to do because a lot of times you say, well, I just hit the road and run. No, that's how you get a character invested. Take something from them that makes them want to fight back. hundred percent. That's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, this and, guy gets a yeah. <laughs> and then, but then you kill her, and she, and then when. She's running out, and I remember the first. I can remember just being so young and and having seen a lot of horror films. But I think I I kind of had the formula down. Yeah. When I see her get a, a, a knife right in the stomach, yeah, like right. She in got the, in the chest, in the chest, in the breast, yeah. there. Because remember they mocked it in scary movie when they pull out the silicon of Carmen Electra. Oh, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And well, then if there was any um, kind of any questions around it, um, then. You know, she was hanging from the tree when her mother when her mother came back. back What's the it. most famous thing ever? What's your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? It's in that scene. Like it's the first time we ever hear that is in that scene, yeah. and like, and then we find out the game. This whole game. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, I think they should have played on that a little bit more though in the film itself, and maybe going out along the films because I know they played on it a bit. But I think that should have been like every time he rang a victim, you should be like, "What's your favorite scary movie?" and then play a game with them and then murder them. Because they only did it intermittently, 
So none with like jigsaw. Yeah. Do you want to play a game? Yeah. Or I like, want to play a game. Yeah, I want to play a game. Yeah, you know what I mean. And also like the whole the trick question thing was so iconic as well. Yeah. Whereas like no, it was Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. In the first Friday. You're wrong. Yeah. 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 It's like no, nah. it's like no, nah, it's Jason Voorhees. No, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like no, because yeah, like it like you'd be fucking sickened though if you got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah, and like and even the good Steve, her her boyfriend. Yeah, I'd say that's an iconic scene as well. Like, an iconic, and I also said, like you were saying about it being called scary movie and being quite like that. That's gut wrenching. Yeah. Quite, they, they, they <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, at this point, you're kind of you'd be making a con. There's only. We can play with it, yeah. But this is going to be a movie about people being murdered, so there will have to be, you know, that, yeah. Uh, it, and I, I like when a movie gives itself a balancing act because it's also giving itself a challenge, yeah. And, and Scream did it, yeah. And you know, at the start as well, one of my favorite parts is like one of the most harrowing parts is like, do you remember when she's actually being gutted while she's still on the phone and her parents arrive home, yes, and they find out the carnage and so he's like, ring the police, and the mother goes out the phone, and she no, she picks up the phone. And she can actually hear down the receiver, hear yeah. her last breaths like. And then he's like, uh, she hands it off to the father, the father takes from her. He's like, go down the road to the McAllister's or somewhere like that. And um, that's when she goes out and you get that iconic scene of Drew, Drew Barrymore hung gutted from the fucking, tree, from the tree. Yeah. And then it does this ultra close-up shot, speeds right up to her face, then boom, and the mother has intro the scream. And scream. And it was, yeah. yeah, then scream comes up in the screen. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so and iconic. It's, it's, it's This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because we were, when in the last couple of films, I guess a question that we've kind of been repeating to each other in the last two podcasts was how will it age? Will it, you know, like, like the quiet place we can't it's say. It's the reason we pick these films. Yeah, because yeah. the quiet place we can't say. It's not old enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, it can't, you know, we can't say iconic. Yeah. Because in 10, 15 We don't know how it's going to age, but we can tell that it has had influence because of the sensory yes, deprivation. It, yes, horror. absolutely. And, but when you look at Scream, it's influenced on Doubtwood. It, I know what you did last it's, summer. It's in record. Urban legend. Like, you know what well, I mean? Don't, like, don't even forget, like, then the, the TV Scream Queen, you know, the TV uh, adaptations of, of things like Scream mm. and um, Slasher. There's yeah. another one, I think there's three seasons of that, and each one was a different story. So if you were to count out the amount of hours of entertainment at a TV medium, silver yeah. screen, a big screen. Uh, we should do the Scream TV fun. series sometime. I've seen it, it's good. Yeah, I think yeah. I've seen it as well, but I can't remember a damn thing it's, about it's it. It's definitely not bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's definitely entertaining. But they changed Goldface's appearance. That's right. Mm. I know I've seen it now because I remember, I didn't like, I preferred the original Ghostface. Oh, of course. I don't know why you change it. Yeah. It's maybe just to differentiate yourself. Well, that's it. They maybe always... it was a contractual thing. You never yeah. know. Because maybe like the guys that own... Such owned... a silly mask. And now it's like, yeah. now you see t-shirt, you know, a friend of mine even has a t-shirt and it's all the big killers um, all on it, like Candyman and everybody else. Yeah. And it's got Ghostface. And I'm thinking like, it was, it was a college kid yeah. with a knife. It's supposed to be like a Grim that, Reaper or something. It was a college kid with a knife against unarmed women who won the fight by like just a hair yeah I mean? compared to no they're high, they're, they're high school kids they're high school kids the oldest looking motherfucking oldest looking motherfucker. oh my yeah. god like man like, could you imagine being in high school right and like like great right? imagine if you right when we were back in secondary school yeah and if we looked the way like real 16 or 17 year olds look and you go into a high school and they all look like like 30 yeah. year old americans and I w- i'd be like I'm not having sex for the next five years, yeah, am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I went to an all boys school, so my sex was very minimal. My understanding of America is that they don't have acne. Yeah. They just don't, you know? 
Yeah, man, I burnt that shit off my face. <laughs> yeah. The girls are all various, though. Some of them weigh 104 pounds, some of them weigh 103 pounds. <laughs> I hear one actually weighs 105 pounds. <laughs> yeah. They call her obese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's the bullied one. Yeah, yeah. she's the bullied one. The ostracized one. She's the uncool. then she lets down her hair. Yeah, she yeah. took off her glasses one time. She yeah. became prom queen. We, I need to go finally visit the States, and I just literally need to go to one of the schools and just go, ha, yeah. Okay, uh, I, I know now. Can I just say one thing though? If someone stops you, you go, what are you doing here? I'm touring high schools. Yeah. <laughs> Might not end well. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean? yeah, true enough. Yeah, because yeah. we're, we're very hairy, you know what we're looking to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many escape routes do you think this place has? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, open your boot. <laughs> open the trunk, sir. But yeah, no, this was a classic thing of just incredibly beautiful people. Um, yeah, well, I, and it was also done on purpose. Yes, because it was a fuck. It was like a, it was like a mockery of if you look at the genre in the past, you have all these older actors playing. Like even it's way closer back in. I think the nineties they got a bit closer. You had twenty something year olds playing teenagers back in the day. They had like fucking old dudes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm uh, on the basketball team. Like Steve <laughs> with a music band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> It's like, uh, you're clearly hey, 45. Yeah, yeah. It's just remember like in 21 Jump Street. <laughs> Narc. <laughs> it's like, what are, you, what are you, like 45 dude or something? <laughs> but um, like, so like, that, that's the thing about Scream. It was like, it's so many fucking iconic things though. Like from the opening to the the way it plays with like the, the genre straight away. I have all these beautiful people that are like, obviously in their mid to late 20s playing teenagers because like that's what we've been seeing since the 80s you know what i mean yeah, and West, absolutely and yeah who's more fucking like you know like seeped in it than or steeped in it, i should say than west craven like the the friday the 13 franchise that's it. You know, or I sorry the nightmare and mc franchise you're like oh my god this because i mean with, with drew barrymore and with you know rose mcgowan and all these these actresses um when we see him getting killed it's like quite gut-wrenching but at the same time it's not what looking at an actual 16 or 17 year old being murdered would actually do to you even yeah. on screen yeah. there's just this kind of release that a fully grown adult i don't know it's a bit psychotic to say it out loud but there fun. it is when you see them get murdered it gives you a release is that what you no, just said really. i say it's fine it's fine it's less it's less grief on you like, yeah well that's because we're desensitized yeah, they were yeah. Completely sad. but at the same time you see like a kid an actual kid getting killed in the film you see yeah. a kid get killed in a doctor sleep yeah and that was in the blob as well in the blob oh, yeah. that's that's an iconic one yeah definitely because yeah. especially back then that was unheard of yeah yeah, yeah. and it was a particularly gruesome particularly gruesome yeah. way to go um but they but to actually see that there's something like dogs yeah that's another thing everyone agrees there's always that scene where like the dog runs off after whatever it and is you hear it the woods and you hear the yelp yeah and it's awful and yeah. it kills the rest of the family like i don't care yeah i don't wanna, i didn't even want to watch it after that <laughs> it's know? like anytime you watch halloween you hear a dog barking outside you know michael myers is going to kill that dog yeah 100 he hates dogs like, yeah, yeah michael all, myers always, hates dogs. always kills dogs like a <laughs> motherfucker um but uh so like what did you think of like when you get the intro um we find out they arrived at the high school and this is where because the story just takes off yeah like, the like, story's you know it's coming up to the anniversary of the death of sydney's mother. mother yeah, yeah and marine prescott yes and all these murders start happening again and then they realize that remember they arrived at the school and the police are all there and they're going to interview everybody because they, they think it might be school involved because the one got killed so they want to know if anybody knows her knows anybody that knows anybody that and do, 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 does anybody know if anybody knows her you know like yeah it's like we're gonna it's like nearly dislocate my jaw and that one <laughs> but um but you know what i mean so they're like that because i know we kind of get the first hint because Stu says 
like he used to go out with her, but he didn't tell the cops that, like, you know what I mean? Yes, that's yeah. right. Sure. And we also get, like, we kind of get a bit of background about it as well on Sydney because she gets called out of class and they bring her to the principal's office, who's played by the fonts, Henry Winkler. Yeah. And um, they go through, like, and then we kind of get, the, they're talking about her mother's murder, aren't they, before she comes yeah. in. And then she comes in, and I, like in the, in the space of a few seconds, you kind of get a bit of backstory straight away, yeah. like because you get now you know Stu knows the first murder victim. She he used to go out with her, and then you even get a little hint then when him and Billy like were talking, and Billy's like talking about like telling him to be subtle or some shit, like yeah. you know what I mean? Right around the fuck. Sorry, did I just kick you. And it's funny when you're looking at films that's, and that's like in reverse. Around. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're kind of seeing little like little nods, but at the same time, you have to forgive yourself first time around because. You'd be jumping on it. If yeah. You, you know, you'd be well, jumping. And the first time we seen this, like, we were very young as well. Like, yeah. You true. know what I mean? Like, you know, I was yeah, like, I'm not even sure. I can't even say if I got it. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get the message. Because, they, because they, they, they threw it at Billy a yeah. couple of times. Yeah. And then, you know, Billy was in some sort of situation where he couldn't have been Ghostface. Yeah. He was just there and Ghostface is kind of there. That's the best thing about it. You never expect there's going to be two people. Then it's two people. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a great turnaround in this. But I, I thought Neve Campbell carried a burden she played she had to play like a teenager already carrying a lot of grief yeah and the then that. thrown into a survival kind of scenario i thought she got i thought she did such a great job in this yeah no no she didn't she aged really well throughout the fucking she you know, did she really she? matured into the mood into the role like you know what i mean yeah. like because she she knew sydney like she, I, I even think now when part five comes out she's going to just jump back into that role like a duck to water like yeah. she just seems to really know that character now yeah. like you know but that's it and also she's accepted that this is as far as, far as i can this was her legacy yeah this is the you know this is a like huge this is her laurie strode like this is this is it and there's no yeah. shame in that it's a fantastic it's a fantastic series 100 um but i i i thought like i don't know where i would fault this i don't know if i if i did fault it when it came out because i remember leaving the cinema going that was fucking entertaining yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with this movie at all it's it's you're thinking like if you had you know <laughs> you could probably take out these girls here or this guy here if you just sneak up on him and stab him man just less of the pageantry <laughs> yeah know? but that's again that was the slapstick that kind of made this film it also made it a little bit more believable because yeah. if you just run into an area with a knife you're, you're like you are an extremely dangerous person in that scenario but you're not infallible yeah unkillable yeah they're just bumbling idiots they're like. yeah exactly yeah like. they're just two and, and somebody kids. who's trying to survive will jump over a couch throw a lamp at you yeah run up the stairs jump out the window fall off the roof whatever whatever is available to you everyone turns into a jackie Chan and just starts using their environment because what yeah. else is there to do like i've seen malignant yet no oh it's atrocious yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hence me not seeing malignant yeah uh, you definitely should watch it though you will laugh a lot like, <laughs> it's atrocious you watch it yeah <laughs> i say that about a lot of films it's awful you should definitely watch it <laughs> i mean but seriously you should definitely watch that movie it's awful but um yeah like so yeah we get that introduction of the the kind of the core characters at the start but like the you get like randy who's the real uber aware self-aware character yes. He's the horror note. He's the one I, I I don't think first time I don't think like, it's too long ago to tap into, but I didn't I don't think I ever suspected him. Yeah, no, you no, know, no, he was the no he, he was the like the most meta of the meta. He's your characters. Sherpa. Yeah, he's your Sherpa. That's a good yeah, way of putting it. He's yeah. just gonna guide you through the movie and the rules. As you said, that famous scene in the house party. Yeah. Like you don't know the rules. You gotta know <laughs> the rules. Like that's so famous. Like yeah. yeah. And like he is, he's your Sherpa trout. Like he's literally like if you've never seen a horror movie. This is what Scream is. If you've never seen a horror movie, we're going to teach you about the genre. 
I'm going to teach you what a slasher is, what the rules of slasher is, and how this is going to go down. And that's what they do throughout the franchise. We're going to teach you, if you, it's like, it's like Scream is like in the new introduction to horror. It's like, if you haven't seen a horror movie before, we're yes. going to teach you exactly what, yeah, how a horror wrong. movie should be, how it should be structured, what the rules are, who you should be looking out for, what the tropes are. We're going to teach you about the genre in yeah, this one when, movie. When they're going to reveal, like, I mean, even Randy dies in this movie, yeah. but they still found a way through the magic of cinema. No, he dies in part two. Dies in part two. Yeah. Sorry, but he even shows up after that. Yeah, as uh, a pre-recorded as video. As a pre-recorded video. Yeah, in yeah. part three. In part three, yeah. His sister brings it over. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So, like, they managed to even, like, carry his legacy through a trilogy. Yeah. Even though it wasn't even about him, but he was, again, he was a Sherpa in all of them. Yeah. He was a Sherpa after he died. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. he was he was a great character. And he was actually, he was played excellent. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. The, everyone knows him as the best mask. Yeah. Who? He did the mask. He followed Jim Carrey. Did he? He did a mask movie. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, don't, 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 don't. I thought do that something. shitty prank show he used to do was the worst thing. Oh, no, don't do something Jim Carrey has done, just yeah. leave it alone because Jim Carrey did it. Yeah, he's going to be immediately compared against Jim Carrey, yeah, exactly. Especially 1990 Jim Carrey when he was in his comedic prime. Oh my god, like, like he, owned, you know I mean? he owned the year 1994, like. yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was comedy on steroids, comedy on steroids, yeah. yeah. But, J- but Jamie Kennedy is a character, I'll always, Randy will always be one that I have an awful lot of affection for, yeah. Um, he was just a likable goof. Yeah. And that was the thing. Obviously. He was like the first cool nerd. That's it. The only one you can ever find yourself actually kind of not liking is Billy because he just played that angsty 27-year-old teen. Yeah. Who... He kind... looked like the kind of guy that would kill someone. Yeah, that was the thing. I, really... When I was a kid and I seen this, right, I I called the killer in part one and two, well, ha- one and one, I called Billy immediately. And I was like, that guy is definitely suspect. Yeah. And Mike, Mikey in part two, we played by Tim Dioli, fantastic. And... um. Like, literally, when I seen that, and I was still pretty young, I was like, uh, it's definitely the film student. Because that guy's psychotic. Yeah. Like, you know, I probably didn't even know the word psychotic. I was just like, I don't trust him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, because I, but like, that, uh, I, when I watched that, that was the only predictable thing for me about Scream 1 when I watched it the first time. Well, I was like, I'm pretty sure Billy's the killer. But they kind of gave you, they gave you your, like, hat and out, because Billy was the first one to go yeah. up. He got the gun, he shot Randy. Yeah. And then you realize Billy's the bad guy. But then, when Sydney tries to escape from him going to the kitchen, uh, Stu Sue comes, comes out with the voice, with the voice. Hello, Sydney. Hello, Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you're like, ah, fuckers. But they gave you one on a plate. That's what it was. instantly subverted your expectations. Like, he was a red herring that turned out to be actually a confirmation, but at the yeah. same time, they were hiding Stu. Hiding Stu. Yeah. Now, sometimes, you know, because you're watching these things and you're trying to be clever, and sometimes it's like, not too obvious. But is he so obvious yeah. that it is him? Yeah, exactly. That, that would be the Billy rule. That's what I was thinking. Head. Like, yeah, I was like, wait, he's too obvious. And I was like, no, I actually think it is him. Yeah. And it, but I never expected two killers. Yeah. Because that wasn't the done thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because no, game... it wasn't at the time. Yeah. No, it wasn't at the time. And especially like it was the psychology of it was like, well, no, if, if one guy was telling another friend that I'm going to go and kill a lot of people, that that friend would tell the police or something like that. Yeah. You know, they, they, not that it doesn't happen that, you know, killers meet each other, and, but it wasn't really done in, yeah, in films. Look at the famous franchises, Michael Myers. Yeah. Freddy Krueger like even Jason Voorhees Pamela Voorhees was the first one but they never appeared in the same movie together and I know other people wore the mask in later Friday 13 movies there was always only one singular killer yeah. you know what I mean so, and I say when you see somebody if somebody had a t-shirt and it was Ghostface on it the, the argument is which Ghostface mm. because in four films there was four Ghost five four five six five no two in the fourth one in the third seven fucking seven man Two, two, one, two. 
There you go. It's not. It's yeah, not, two, two, one, and two. Yeah. Well, the second one had two killers, but I don't think one of them was ever Ghostface. And Lily's mother was never. Ghostface. No, she was. She supposedly killed Randy. Really? Yeah, I think so. Oh well, then I then because she was like Billy. He said something about my boy or something. I don't like. Right. So she remember was that because uh, Nev Campbell. Uh, not to jump too far ahead, but Nev Campbell kind of rides her up by mounting off about Billy. Yeah. Billy was an insane fuck or something like that. She yeah. said, or a psychotic fuck or something like that or something like that. And he was like, oh, uh, you shouldn't talk bad about my boy because Randy talked bad about my boy or something. That's it. Even so though it did, no, that's fair enough. If she did, uh, sorry, I was thinking actually donned Ghostface. You thought was, it was just uh, Mikey and I thought, yeah, and she was, you know, yeah, no, I, it up and maybe, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think they killed. Well, then you're right. Then yeah. it's like so there's seven. seven so you're yeah. talking about, and it's not like um, uh, Jason Voorhees, where yeah, different bo body models, like yeah. different, different. But men. not and um, one guy did pretend to be Jason Voorhees and wanted him. Right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah and then because Jason Voorhees came back in the next movie afterwards. Yeah. I think it's called Jason Lives is the next one. So I think it was part five. Yeah, it was the one after final chapter. I'm just saying seven ghost faces and four films is so like when you see it on a t-shirt, it, it's a fact of the matter is you're, you're talking could be one of seven. As long as it, well, it all depends on what movie it says. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it? and yeah. then it's up to you. Are you I think for me, I guess, but, but I always think that the original screen killer, it's Billy. And I know there was two of them, but for, yeah. for me it was like... Because two was more of a psychic. Yeah, yeah. That and, was, I, yeah. and I think the successful kids were generally Billy's kids. Yeah. I think Stu fucked up most of the time. And I think that's I think, what yeah, it was Billy, like. Billy was the man with a plan. Yeah. Like, Billy was walking away from this. Yeah. Uh, and Because uh, he was going to pin it on Stu. Pin it on, well, he was going to pin it on Sydney's dad at one point. Remember then, though, wasn't he planned though, like he accidentally cut, he cut me too deep. I'm a little boozy, you man. But he never actually kills him. I was always a bit confused. I think he that. was going to stab him out and leave Stu, either maybe leave Stu then as a victim. Yeah. And then he like, cause uh, cause he stabbed him way deeper than he stabbed Billy. Yeah, I remember he was cause he was like, I'm bleeding out here, man. <laughs> I feel a little woozy. Yeah, my parents are great. So and the old television crushing the skull is a good way. Uh, television, television kills, man. Television kills, yeah. Um, but what, yeah, so what did you make? Because like, we, we'll go into the climax of this, and then we we'll fucking take a little break, and then we we'll go into scream two. But oh. like, like we already touched on the climax, like the most iconic thing, like you know. Um, uh, about you know the fucking the rule sequence where Jamie Candy stands up and uh, and then you have the whole house party and then they find out then that Henry Winkler's principal got killed and he's like left hanging on the goalpost which I'm assuming it's a cutscene. Um, yeah, and all the kids are running. Out everyone the runs out. To try and get to it. Yeah. My favorite part about this scene is do you know when they do the run through when um Dewey shows up. Uh, uh, my name's a uh, uh, deputy. Uh, what's his surname? Because he asked who he did. It's like deputy something. Um, but because he, he's Tatum's brother, isn't he? But uh, uh, Dewey, he is Tatum's brother, actually, isn't he? Deputy Dewey. Um, is that all it says? Is it? Yeah, it's all it says. His real name's Dwight, isn't it? Um, but uh, his run through when he's walking through the house when it's been emptied out. And at this stage, Billy's after being upstairs having sex with. Um, Nev Campbell and then Sydney. he's um, Sydney sorry and then she's he supposedly have died because Ghostface came in remember the fake blood yeah. and this is where the place is all cleared out and then um, David Arquette's uh, Deputy Dewey shows up and he's walking through the house and because Halloween's still on the TV they actually use the music from Halloween to set the tone the dumb the dumb no that one the, the, the yeah. kind of the reoccurring like piano it's genius not, when you think of it yeah because they actually they talk about a real meta thing to do set up a, a platform where yeah organically you could be using the halloween music yeah. without 
just rubbing it, like, yeah, rubbing uh, the competition. And it's Durham. so good because so like, clever. and like, and Jamie Lee Curtis screams at one part in the movie and yes. everything, like, and it sets you on edge within a scene within a scene, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's such a good film. And like, uh, what you did, like, the of. The, the final sequence of like the the this is where we get all the major kills like Courtney Cox survives here and shit like but uh, Ronnie gets stabbed uh, or no he gets shot do Do he get stabbed the camera Dewey always gets stabbed yeah it's human pincushion it's a standing observation <laughs> like we're going to do all the films do we get stabbed uh, okay <laughs> the cameraman gets his throat slit the cameraman gets his throat slit that was a good kill yeah that was a good, that was and a good and kill and then, and then I think she, Tatum, kill was the coolest yeah, kill, yeah. I think. yeah. And, and it's a funny sequence as well before it as well like uh, but, uh, do you know remember actually Courtney Cox it's not the funny part I was talking about it just gets me thinking I'm psychotic when she turns on the fucking window wipers and, that's, it, and the blood yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, he falls off the roof yeah um, no, I was saying the, the funny scene with Tatum and your man before that though is like uh, when she's like calling them on and she's like throwing beer bottles and shit yeah, and, like, uh, and like there's such a shitty way to try to escape though like you know and into a dog door trying to go through a dog door maybe put the door up and try to go under it you know yeah, what I mean absolutely. that's how he kills her like, yeah. or like trying to fend him off long enough that he just has to make a run for it yeah, or like he could stay there all day yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> imagine it's three hours later yeah there's like two of them bloody imagine underground. somebody just kind of comes in and goes just come grab a beer yeah <laughs> just walks away what's going on here yeah. not <laughs> Um, but what do you make of the big reveal of we find out as you said where uh, Billy we knew Stu comes out then so, yeah. or surprise Sydney that's what he says yeah. surprise Sydney and then we see the father and you see the big plot and shit like that what do you think of that oh yeah of course they did. it was great because I, I, Stu was a surprise the, the giant killers with the plan and also they had this um, they had this really fucked up dynamic between them yeah. where you realise they were a perfect storm of, of just like manic and it's like the joker and lex Luthor. you yeah. know what i mean uh one was one yeah, was no. cold and calculated and one was kind of like just enjoyed the chaos of it all yeah it just wants to see the word burn yeah that's <laughs> yeah. it yeah, that was Stu's whole deal yeah because right? he could have gone on and just never killed again i'd say that uh, billy yeah you know if it suited his purpose because like, billy was all about vengeance oh billy was all about and, vengeance. and like humiliating her family in the same way he felt his family was humiliated by her mother having an affair with his father yes and that's all it was it was about like uh recompense of the humiliation that's why he was so dead set and taking her virginity because he wanted to take her innocence before he killed her and all this shit like you know and what i mean keeping a relationship going with her for like nine months or something yeah must have been <laughs> must have been a doozy oh it's been so hard <laughs> but um yeah no the big reveal i thought was fucking awesome like and it's, it's actually legendary as well and we talk about all the ad libs and stuff like that like you know and then like the what is it in this one where like the killer always comes back for one more she's like not in my movie not in my movie yeah yeah because she gets away from them and then she calls them yeah and she's like she's like the police are on their way and blah blah blah. it's fucking over and all that kind of stuff and that's great it's, you know because you do like the comeuppance you do like when it gets turned on its head and this film does a really good job of that yeah of her finally fighting back uh but i i, I thought their kind of meltdown when they see their whole unravel yeah, yeah i thought it was just brilliantly done and again so yeah. much ad-libbing i love when she like stabs him with the like she comes out she stabs him like an umbrella and she like shows her finger and his bullet wound and everything like you know what i mean it's just like a real nasty kind of fight like you know what i yeah. mean that's one of my favorite things about the screen movies because the fighting's real ugly and awkward and clumsy and people are like throwing vases at each other and throwing lamps and they're like yeah, yeah. Cause that's Cause what you had to that's, exactly because like if you're being chased through your house you're just going to start chucking stuff yeah. uh, or whatever's chasing to try to slow it down so you can get the fuck out of there and like, like it's, it's not this like big elaborate kill sequence it's just a chase and it's usually really clumsy and uh, as you said ghost takes a lot of punishment like you know what i mean which i think is mostly 
used to, you know what I mean? Because I, I try to look through and I'm just like, I think when he gets a lot, like, even though I'm, I think Billy does get a bit of punishment, he's like running away from Drew Barrymore and stuff, or does he just kind of hunt her down, actually, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Yeah, and like, uh, is it, yeah, because the first time he sees, uh, the first person he gets away is Nev Campbell, isn't it? Because she gets attacked later on. And I think that's too, because he's like really clumsy and she like beats the fuck out of him. And then he gets away. Doesn't he attack her in her house? He does. That's yeah. The oh, yeah. And that's when, that's why he, when Billy gets arrested. Because he shows back up and a phone falls out of his pocket. Yeah. And she's like, Which oh, it's a suspect. Yeah, 1996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what it is. It's not like, who the fuck has a mobile? Yeah. And nowadays you're like, if they had no phone, you're like, what's yeah. going on there? We, we searched his pockets and there was no phone. Was like, he oh, must have chucked it. Was, it. Yeah, he must have chucked it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. He must have chucked it. But uh, I, I thought that I thought the comeuppance. I thought again, even just the, not in my movie, it had that like uh, it's just been revoked. Yeah. Final shot kind of yeah. kind of moment. Nice and cheesy. Nice and cheesy, but that's yeah. what it deserved. And I don't know what Billy's plan was. Yeah. As in like when Randy kind of says they always come back for one more scare, and Billy kind of goes Bleh. like what? What's the plan, Billy? <laughs> Walk me through it. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna scare her into dropping that gun, and then I'm gonna get the gun. That must, that's the closest <laughs> thing. But he kind of reaches up. He goes nah. Yeah. You know, well, he, he is psychotic. Yeah, true enough. But, but I would like, you know, I'm just checking to see if Mrs. Loomis is around here. Because <laughs> <laughs> she drags me into a van. <laughs> Motherfucker. But yeah, he gets the bullet through the head, and I, it was just, it was such a in what it was so grounded and not at all grounded. At the same yeah. Time. You have to understand that we're coming, we're not far out of the the, the complete over the topness that was the eighties. Yeah. Of the the Hellraisers, the Reanimators, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, the yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Gore, gore, body count, body count, unkillable, yeah. and eternal. Yeah, you know, um, that was this, the whole thing. Which villain was more unkillable than the other? Yeah, and, and this, that this, was like this introduced which, the villain that it's human. In fact, his superpower was that he could walk amongst you. Yeah, his superpower was that which yeah, is the same with any psychopath. He was the same as any psychopath, which yeah. is something that's actually truly terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> but that's it. I thought that was the coolest thing about the film. And when screen came out, I think he, I think Kevin Williams knew it was going to be a hit because he started writing the second screenplay during production. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why the second film managed to come out so close. He was like, "Yeah, we're on." It's like two years apart or something, isn't it? I think it's, I think it's fourteen months or something. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's not, it's not long at all. Yeah, there's a few genres like car. I can do a quick turnaround like horror. Yes, because uh, of the low budget. And, and that was it. Low stories. budget, and they were able to low budget, and it would even the premise of it, it. You know, you didn't need to structurally set up a lot. You need a school. You need some kids. You need you need Sid need to come back, and you need people to get. You need a lot of fake blood. Yeah. Do you do you want to take a break before we go on screen two, or are you happy to keep plowing on through? Um, just give me two. Just open the window for one minute. And then we'll go strange. Cool, Carl cut this bit. Um, um, so no, so what do you think of like do you think it was a wordy fall like a wordy finishing to this kind of like really, really fucking legendary? Oh, I thing? thought the ending was the, was was yeah. absolutely fantastic. And we, we always say this, like I mean we watch horror films that have were complete and total Simone Biles off the off the bat and just do not stick the landing. You know, absolutely fantastic. It's yeah. everything you want. And then it has. Just really... I was not expecting the gymnastics. Then, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> but you know, it's just got. It has everything. It's beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And then it's just just stumbles. At the, and sometimes we're literally talking. Wait, last second. I do mean sometimes the last second. Yeah. So this for this film to stick the landing, it was a. It was like all of the chaos that we touched upon in all the kills up to that point culminating into the biggest amount of chaos uh, and the turnaround and the and the vengeance yeah and it all in a couple of minutes and we even had the juxtaposition where where somebody just kind of like stops killing for a second and goes so here is my hit to plan all along yeah and i love the fact that like 
they didn't speak to any of the other victims that they were going to kill, even though they were they too would have taken their secret was, to the grave. Well, it was all for Sydney, though. It was all for Sydney. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean. She was she was the special one. Yeah, it's all for you, Sydney. <laughs> all for you, Sydney. <laughs> so, yeah, look, uh, December twentieth, ninety six, and December twelfth, ninety seven. Yeah, so a year apart. So, so like eight days less than a year. That's that's yeah. insane. Like you know, yeah. even because I know again, just relying special effects so much and all that kind of stuff. But it's still a movie. Yeah, it's a very simplistic costume as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So they they just wow, like that's impressive. But then again, when the <laughs> when the when they um when they start realizing how much money they made, eleven and a half times their money back in the first one. Yeah, and there's always so going to be like, yeah, I'd be God, is it done? Is it done? Because you could just do it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always going to be a part two. And there's like, always going to be yeah. a part two. Yeah, and which we will talk about after the break. After the break. Yeah. So, no, we go get the fuck out here for a few yeah, minutes. absolutely. All right, so this is Invasion of Poly Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Anton Tui. We got Carmack in the back, and we'll be back right after this motherfucking break. Now, we're from our sponsors. Can you see me right now? Ah, okay. What am I doing? Huh? Huh? What am I doing? Hello? <laughs> nice try, Randy. Tell Tatum to hurry up, okay? Bye now. If you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother. Do you want to die, Sydney? Your mother sure didn't. Fuck you, you creep. Welcome back to my break. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Vincent Green. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> uh, this is Vasion Potty Snatchers. In the first half, we were talking about Scream Wine. In the second part, we're going to college. And we're going, all the remaining survivors of Woodsboro somehow managed to find themselves in the same college. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as they do. But um, uh, so, Noel, this time to pick it back up, it's uh, set a year later, I think, from the original. It was actually made a year later, as you said, it was released a year later or whatever. That's correct. And, um, we pick it back up the story where Sydney's in college, she has herself a new boyfriend. Like, pretty much everyone she hangs around with looks like the, the most plain motherfuckers ever. Oh my god, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, even the way they dress, it's all like turquoise and tea, lollies, washed Their favorite spice is flour, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you know, it's like literally like everything is just like uh, looks like a tennis club, yeah. You know what I mean? And she looks, she stands out because she's like wears a hoodie. And she's like, she's edgy because she wears a leather jacket. <laughs> she's been I mean? through some shit. Yeah, know? exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like her friends, like uh, Randy and her and stuff. They stand out a lot amongst the crowd they hang out with. And it's kind of like they're trying their best to be normal. But the who they really are is still showing through. You know, that kind of way. Like, even though they can put themselves in amongst these people, they still stand out because of what they've been through or who they are. Like, you know. Yes. And that's why they look so different than like a Jerry O'Connell or um, who was Sydney's friend. Um the girl that was trying to get her into the sorority oh what was her name her name was Maureen no that's the one that gets killed at the start actually the opening of this is actually pretty iconic as well in the cinema yes with Jada Pinker Smith yeah Hallie was her friend sorry Elise Neal I think is yeah that was pretty iconic wasn't it and also yeah. kind of like you're thinking if you were going to commit a string of murders that you were you wouldn't go with like the one you're least likely to get away with. Yeah. Going into a theater. Don't get me wrong, people are distracted. There's a film on. Everyone's wearing such... the same outfits though. Yes, that's true. And also he there was like so that many scenes of horror going on inside the, the, of yeah. the film that he was he was using that to Be, his advantage because it was the premiere of Stab exactly the, the yeah. movie based on the Woodsboro Massacre and it seemed like a lot of, it was seen like one of these films that a lot of people were who had seen it had gone back to it yeah. you know it already had this Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of thing going on 
throwing popcorn at the screen kind of jazz. And yeah. fucking Jada Pinkett Smith was another kind of up and coming, you know, we knew who she was. Yeah. And uh to see her get killed at the start. It was quite it was quite cool the way she goes down and just screams in the front and she's completely done for yeah. and the, the boyfriend gets the one that made fun of in scary movie where yeah. he gets a knife through the with side the, of the with head. The glory hole yeah, in scary with the glory hole yeah. in scary movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he puts in his ear, wasn't he's, he? Yeah, he's six <laughs> Uh, that's it, make a lot of racket. And then apparently, yeah, magically, no, when he's after pressing his head up against the wood. Yeah. And then just stab through it because that sounds like something that'd be really easy to do. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And that's it. It starts, it, it, but they have to. And I like the fact that they set up something that's very eerie in real life. Yeah. Is that if something completely, absolutely crazy happens, a med for TV movie or something on Netflix or something in this day and age which is on the way. Well, you know, iconic murders and stuff like that. Yeah. There is like the we people consume it they want they want their film of it and stuff like that so that they um so, so they they really leaned into that because stab was the scream inside of the scream universe yeah. and, and like they really lean on that as it goes along as well it's so fucking good isn't it like oh god the yeah. stab franchise is this the Heather first graham playing casey yeah you know <laughs> I, I thought that was just brilliant uh what did you think of, like of the idea of having the franchise within the franchise though like it's just i think they have to do it it just added such a cool air to it though, did, like, yeah. like, i think and i think they like have a to stab do it. is nearly as iconic as scream yeah <laughs> and, you know, and Gail, he made two franchises yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and Gail, of course has, you know had bad met her bones on kind of being a journalist Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox. We yeah. actually didn't probably talk enough about her. In part probably didn't one. talk about enough about her in part one because she was absolutely integral yeah. to the whole thing. Mm. Um, and then Dewey Riley, by the way, and her haircuts kind of become like every time a Dewey Riley is it? Yeah. But um, her haircuts became kind of become iconic as each and every movie. Yeah. It's like she always has this weird kind of thing. That's because she'd spend time with Jennifer Aniston, and once once Jennifer Aniston had the Rachel, she was like, okay, okay. Let's see how it is. Let's see how it is. The fringe, the fringe. Yeah, I can't win them all. Yeah, she's smoke like her hair looks good. <laughs> what am I talking about hair for? <laughs> 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 um, no, so like, yeah, we get we get reintroduced uh, at the start, of, like the intro. Um, at the stab premiere or whatever, stab it's like a screening of stab. Loads of people are there, they're all wearing ghost face masks. The boyfriend gets killed in the, the bathroom stall, then she gets stabbed today in the actual movie theater. Yeah. Because as I said, everyone cuddles up to her killer thinking it's her yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. Which is kind of like uh something similar to happening in Halloween too. Remember not not Halloween movie too, but Halloween also, which I actually think might be in Halloween too, but do you remember the the uh, Michael is driving and she gets in the car where, actually I think that's Halloween four. Where he, she's her boyfriend. You're just killing had, this, by the way. Yeah, there's so many fucking Halloweens. <laughs> but um, her her boyfriend just happens to be named Michael as well, and he's supposed to be wearing a mask. And Michael Myers is actually wearing the mask. Her boyfriend's supposed to be wearing over his mask. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. drives her to the party. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but that's that thing where where people where people kind of nailed it. They, they, they're so <laughs> macabre that that people lean into some really really dark things and there's yeah. kind of an element of that of like imagine if it backfired and i yeah. think this kind of it leans into it as well yeah i thought it was good to see that sydney while safe for the most part and with her very like co copy and paste for boring friends yeah. but say she was trying her best to have them safest life possible i think yes and you also I mean? she didn't want any of the press she didn't yeah. want any of the, the the light that that Gail so wanted so badly, yeah. And she um, wanted to forget it, and Gail wanted to be remembered for. Oh yeah, I mean, because you have to understand at this at this stage, it was 
um, her boyfriend had murdered her mother. Yeah. She had murdered her boyfriend. And one of her, her best brother, friends killed some best, of her best friends. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and she was could do nothing to help them. And she's just and survivor's guilt. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. You yeah, feel so, like a fool. So her, seeing the signs. there's four remainers from the first one. There's Randy, there's Gail, there's Dewey, and, and there's Sydney. Sydney. Yes. That's it. It's not everyone else dies. Everyone else is dead. Like, literally everyone else. Literally everyone else. So like that'd be like right, me, you, Lorraine, and Sheila survive, and all of her friends got murdered. Yeah. By by your other friends. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine that? And like, you know what I mean, that's fucked up. Could you imagine the guilt you feel? Like why? Why am I? Why did I survive? Why did I make it out? And especially why? if it's just kind of abstinence that you survive. It wasn't because yeah. you like ramboed them or yeah. something. You and know? the only reason you survived is because a lot of the ways they were kind of waiting to kill you last. Yeah. And a lot because they wanted to show you their great plan. You know what I mean? Like, so you only, like, the only reason you survived in a lot was because the, the killer willed it to be that way for to an extent. You know what I mean? And then you were able to, you know, outsmart the killer and able to kill both of them or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? But for a long time, she was actually only being kept alive. Yeah. So people could be murdered in front of her. You know yeah. what I mean? And a lot of the ways she was the reason they were dying. She you kind know of what became mean? like a Batman in, in Gotham where the, the people would be able to ask a question like, is she just a lightning rod or just psychosis? Yeah. Because Billy's gripe in the first film what did not justify any of his actions, even remotely. Yeah. And in the second one, I think when she finds she's in the middle of it again, she does she does approach it as being even more weary, but also less less out and out petrified yeah like she was i found she was a bit more willing to run into danger more like i want to get to the bottom of this yeah i'm sick of this shit and that's the way she kind of goes along that's what i like about her as a character she goes along she doesn't she's not about she does run from the killer don't get me wrong at times when she's like yeah like in a bad situation sometimes well, she, she's she's tactical she's it, trying to survive exactly yeah but i like it as the more the movies go along she's like I just want to fucking find out who this fucker is. Yes. Who's wearing the mask now? Yeah. Because I'm sick of this shit. And that's what I like about her. Like, you and know what I mean? Yeah, you can even see, like, the boyfriend, of course, you know. Once she was like, who who, I, who, who, yeah. I, who should I be suspicious of? Yeah. And if it's a horror fan following the trope, and if it's a horror person that's reimagining the first killings, the massacre of Woodsboro, it, uh, is it my boyfriend? Like, you know what I mean? He, like, uh, maybe he's trying to pretend to be so plain. Like, the way, like, you know, Billy always just seemed a bit damaged, but it's just Billy, like, you know what I mean? But, but never killed 12 people yes. damaged, you know what I mean? Like, and, like it's kind of like, who's playing with me now? And that's what I like about part two. <coughs> it's like, as Randy says, you don't understand. Everyone's a suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I thought, I thought, like, the, when you noticed it, that Randy... And especially Dewey. Dewey was the only person that Cindy was ever really happy to see. Yeah. Like he was the only person that ever just through and through. Pure had, safe. Had, yeah, pure safe and had, and was brave and yeah. had earned her respect. Yeah, big she, brother. She, yeah, big brother. She just ran to him when she yeah. seen him first. And then you saw that Gail was a little bit cutthroat. Yeah. But she had forwarded her own career. And when she tries to ambush her with uh, an interview with Cotton Weary. Yeah. Who played by Liv Schreiber. Amazing actor. Amazing actor who yeah. was... Um, Framed for the original murder of Maureen Prescott's yeah. his mother by and Billy Loomis by and Billy Stu. Loomis and Stu, and now he's kind of looking for his fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, and which he's kind of odd. Yeah, see, that's the thing I thought about that character. That's yeah, matters. You're not. You're probably not getting a job. Yeah, you know, like I, I think if I had um, accused someone of murdering someone and I was in the wrong and their killer, the, the killers were caught, the first thing I would do is I would go to that person. I would apologize immensely and then I'd say, how can I help you? 
Yeah, that's the first thing I would say. To I him. think is if you if you want to, if if I have to spend a week on the circuit, yeah, that dude could be making twenty, thirty grand in appearance. Yeah, and maybe that that just gets. And she's house. going to get paid as well. That's it. Yeah, and if it she doesn't, doesn't want to, it's not pure. But she, I, if I, she I, doesn't I, want to take money from him, give her the cotton. Yeah, I think she was having you know for him to, like you you do you, but like do not drag me into. Like he's problem. kind of needy and so, but like look at his uh, world. He got accused of a crime. He spent a year in prison. Like his his world is over for in that in that yeah. moment. Because I know later on he does triumph and he does like he does prosper and stuff as the movies go along. But in that moment, he's fresh out of prison. All he wants is get money, get quick book, get his life going again. Yeah. And like and she, yeah, she could have given him a week. At least if she didn't want to take money because she thought it was blood money, give it the cotton. That's the thing. You I know think, what I mean? Like, I think she also she didn't want any of it. She didn't want anybody making money off it, or she didn't want this to be yeah. something that. That's what she hated Gail yeah, for writing the book. She hated Gail for writing the book, and Dewey wasn't particularly fond of it either, because she described him as being kind of like a bumbling idiot. Yeah, she could. She compared him to somebody, and I had to look him up. Barney Fife was it? There, that's the one. Yeah, and he just seemed like the. It's an old school cop thing from yeah, in America wasn't yeah it? A, cop, a, bike, a, a motorbike cop and yeah in very middle America I saw you jaywalking I saw you yeah, you know a hapless stupid off yeah, balance yeah. kind of almost a Mr. Magoo thing yeah I was actually just, thinking Mr. Magoo yeah, yeah. that's the second week in a row you stole my thoughts that's weird <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think like, I, 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 later on they're kind of passion ignites and stuff uh, but uh, at the same time I, I, I kind of was one part of the film I didn't like because I would be just very much fuck you yeah i fucking took to help take down some killers and i saved some lives and i got stabbed for my fucking troubles yeah and the least i could do was oh. not have somebody tell the world that i'm a fucking dickhead yeah you know which she did which yeah and exactly he, he saved did. her life on multiple occasions on multiple occasions and kissed her very sweetly yeah you know what i mean like tenderly he, he was a very tender lover i thought and met a little arcox that's what their kids were called in my head. Arcox. Yeah, yeah. Arcox. <laughs> did you actually see that episode of Friends right after she double barreled her name to Cody yeah, Cox Arcade? Yeah, and they yeah. put Arcade after everyone's name. That. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant. Um, but, but I thought, like, you know what it was? There is a lot, Men in Black 2, as, yeah. as, as Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty said, was uh, all I can remember is that Men in Black 2 was a giant cash grab. And I, just, <laughs> I always thought it was a good, it was a good go-to for yeah. a film that didn't need to exist, yeah. but existed. It was so poorly done. Because well. the but first film so seemed to, in the very meta way, did exactly what sequels do. Yeah. Uh, and it carried that, like Randy even said, look, they go bigger. Uh, go bigger, go home. Yeah, yeah. Characters from the original film are not safe. Yeah. Uh, People from your past like, come back. Really. Yeah, exactly. Or is that part yeah. three, sorry? Is no, it's part three. And yeah. he, he was like, that's, that's um, the rules of, of a sequel. Do you um, do you know in the... Sorry, will you finish your point? No, 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 go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, sorry. Do you know in the film um, class sequence where it's like Sarah Michelle Gellar, Joshua Jackson, yeah. um, you know, Pacey or whatever, you know, because Kevin Williamson uh, created uh, Dawson's Creek and um, you have um, uh, Randy's in the class and they're all like, you know, swapping movies, like which is a better sequel and all this stuff like that. And they're trying to say which sequel is better than the original. And there's a part actually where there's a mistake in that scene because uh, Timothy Oliphant says, I think it was Timothy Oliphant, I wanted to remember the other film class student says, get away from her, you bitch, in reference to Aliens. And Randy corrected him by saying, stay away from her, you bitch. Which is actually, it's actually get away from her, you bitch, is, yeah. the, cor- is the correct line. Um, so he actually corrected him with the wrong lane. And he's Randy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's Randy. He's yeah. the one who worked in the bookstore. He, yeah, was, he, he was this, 
he was like me and you were horror fans but he'd be that guy that, that would show up and you know yeah. like just lived and breed and, and yeah and to do the best thing about it is he prefaces or he like uh emphasizes how right he is but going dude it is film class i'm oh, like no. you sure <laughs> did he did that on purpose because yeah. it seems no i actually checked up about this because i was i was like am i wrong and then i checked it up i google it seemingly the the uh, the first actor actually said someone else someone else was supposed to say the line stay it's stay away from her you bitch and she was supposed to be correct he was supposed to be corrected by it's actually get away from her you bitch and somebody well, mixed up there somebody said yeah i think it was i can't remember but whoever says the line i think it's timothy oliphant or whatever the film student actor says the line that he's not supposed to say and that threw jamie kennedy off so he corrected him with the wrong line and because of the flow of the scene they just left it they just said that's good yeah, yeah they just yeah. left it like see that's it that's it yeah you know, that's that, that everyone that's the most copied one is i'm walking here when the, yeah when a car nearly takes i'm walking here yeah, and he and that's i've seen even spider-man i'm swinging here and yeah it just goes on and on but uh because i think that's a pure new york thing though yeah it? yeah I, mean, I do think that you know if something if the flow is right just leave it i don't know I, I don't know. Like, if I, mean, I was the director I, I, and I seen show, that, I'd have like... the fallibility of, of Randy. You yeah, know what I mean? but dude, if I was the director and I seen that, it seemed like we're going from the top. And we're going from the top. And you were watching Aliens straight after this. Call Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, we're going from the top. From the top. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just left a sour taste in my mouth. We're going from the top. What's the first kill? I'm trying to remember because I'm sorry, I'll be honest, my brain is absolutely inundated with four screen movies yeah. all screaming at me at the same yeah. time. What's the first kill outside of, of the Jada Pinkett Smith and, and her, her boyfriend? boyfriend? Yeah. Um, the next Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, net the next yeah CC, CC gets killed at the she gets thrown out the window at the sorority house. Sober sister. Yes. Um, this scene is actually brilliant because uh the play which adds it's a fake scare real scare. It's a, I know it's a trope but they do it really well here. So see, tropes are tropes for reasons. Yeah, execution has uh, to be a huge part. Exactly. Like you know what I mean because you're like oh jump scares are a trope and like you've got shit in your pants, dude. It might yeah. be a trope yeah. but it worked on you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know that kind of way. Like <laughs> you shit yourself and all that happened is that somebody was sitting in their car and somebody came up and knocked on the window. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like you tell me who's the fool here. Like, yeah, know? yeah. It's like I used to hate like. When do you know before you figure that out when you're a kid and you watch that it's like stop doing that to stop me doing yeah. that. that's why that's why you have to stop using medicine cabinets yeah and that's the, that was the big yeah it's one. done to death now like but um death. but like uh shit what was i talking about <laughs> talking about the first death of Cece, oh, oh yeah yeah cc so i love this scene because like so ghostface rings or what's your favorite scary movie and they talk back and forth and then she thinks of some guy called ted he's drunk and she you know, first she's talking to her friend and she got, got a call on the other line and she takes the call and so uh, it's Ghostface and she thinks it's Ted, her kind of like uh, her... Uh, what, up, yeah, it's yeah. like a booty call, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so she hangs up on her friend, says, yeah, I'll ring you back and let you know whatever. And she talks to it and she realizes it's not Ted. They're talking to you and she hears a noise upstairs. And then all of a sudden she turns around and it's actually one of her sorority sisters that are still in the house. And she goes and you think, oh, maybe that's what it is. And then the, the fucking ghost face shows up after she goes then. So like, and then she gets thrown out the fucking window and shit. Like, but I love that scene, the way it plays with the whole way through. It's like, is this ghost face? Is this someone playing a prank? Yeah. Or is this the movie playing it's a prank? A you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you open it up and, and it's just something. It's like, Wah! Yeah. And yeah. And you yeah, and then you turn around and get killed. Yeah, mm. of course. But that's what your brain is supposed to be doing. That's what horror films does do to you more than anything else. Yeah, it's not like with a film, a, a die-hard, gun-heavy film, where you think, I think he's going to go in and probably there'll probably be somebody in his left, and he's going to jump underneath a desk, and he's probably going to try. No, it just the, the films don't play with your expectations that way. Yeah. Horror movies make you 
make you do these mental gymnastics. Yeah. And all that's actually happening on screen is that she's walking down the hallway or up a stairway. That's all that's happening. Yeah. And you are doing mental Because a lot of the time it's gymnastics. because of the music. Yeah. Yeah, the music is setting the tone. It's like, because we were talking earlier on about Halloween. Carol and that, is yeah. almost telling us that we don't talk about that. The no, Foley that's work. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of the, the kind of thing that he does. So obviously he yeah. gets sucked into it a lot more than we do. Um, and the thing is, what we know is that we're actually getting the effect of it. Yeah. Because I, I can't tell you what the music was yeah. in that scene. Yeah. All Philistine. you know is that it was working. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, no, I do. I love that. There's very few genres that like horror and uh, like that has the same relationship with its music. Like horror is very dependent on the score or because you take out like the, the theme or the score for Halloween yeah. and you play those same scenes. They're not going to have anywhere near the no. same impact. You put a thing like out there or the, the put a thing. You put the thing out there. You don't have that same background music or you don't have the, uh, the don't the alarm. The wah, wah, yeah. You know, that playing over and over constantly on set. And you like, if you don't have these sounds. Yeah. Or the, really sweet songs played on an old vinyl. Like yeah. Jeepers, creepers. Yeah. Exactly. So awful, just you know, exactly. Yeah, because it's like it's a cheery voice. Exactly, it's but, awful. It's yeah, awful in some yeah, exactly. Context, you know? and, and it's like when you listen to something really, really old because it has that weird kind of like you you know music better than me. But you know when you listen to like an old vinyl or an old gramophone, you it's know that weird, scratch. yeah, that little skip, that little scratch, yeah, that little, skip, yeah. yeah, or even when it's going on first, that, yeah, that sound can be quite, like, and quite, or do you know when it, it ends and it's still turning. Oh, and it's just, that's it. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. All of these things have an effect on you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, and it's so simplistic. It's like, so you know? simplistic. And, and, and horror is the best at doing that, I think. I think we go and you realise that the two things that are doing the most to you in horror are not what you're seeing. Well, it, that's a part of it. But I think the top two things are the, what the music is doing to you and also what you're doing to yourself in terms of what you think the music means. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Again, all Sarah Michelle Gellar's uh, Cece was doing, for example, was walking upstairs and then there is a, a scuffle and then she does get thrown to her death and that's completely yeah. visual. Yeah. But everything that led you there was such a, a mind game. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it was it, really it bait goes, and switch. Like. It shows you how it takes a village to make because the screenplay was the screenplay and, and Kevin Williams is brilliant. But at the same time, somebody had to look at it and go, what would make this work? Yeah, and Sarah so Michelle Gellar adds so much to the... She does, yeah. yeah she's yeah, such she a talented actress as well. And actress. that's it. She did, like, uh, over the score of uh, the scope of these four films, I'm, I think I was in one of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm, in the pretty sure I'm pretty sure I was Ghostface in Screen I, 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 up, I just Googled <laughs> screencast and obviously it decided to jump throw everybody in there together yeah. and I was just like oh it's anybody that's ever been an actor yeah <laughs> you know I mean? yeah especially like young blonde women like young yeah, blonde women yeah. sex symbols of the we said this we had uh, we had Neve Campbell who was obviously Mel yeah. Bones in the, yeah. these films we had Rose McGowan we've Hayden Pantiero we've Drew got, Barrymore Drew Barrymore we've got Heather Graham yeah um, what's her face uh, what's her face Jada Pinkett Smith uh, Sarah Marshall what's her name oh um, uh, something Bell uh, Kristen Bell Kristen Bell she's in one too isn't she's she in Stab. she's in Stab she's in Stab Three. Three. She's <laughs> in the final stab before we get into Scream Four. Yeah, it, this is it's like it got really crappy after like Stab Four because like uh, Sydney said, uh, Sydney Prescott said she was going to sue him or something to get making. I remember that. I was like, I think Stab Seven had time travel. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking love that man. Is that a bad Scream Four? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. intro of Scream Four? But it, I'm just saying it was the the, the, uh, the thing is. The only thing you're ever sure of is that Neve Campbell was going to be the final girl. But somehow this film did make me think on first viewing that maybe she dies in it. In part two. Yeah. Because it broke its own rules a lot it in part two. It was breaking its own rules yeah. a lot. Now, I should have thought it was obviously going for a trilogy. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I thought, will it? Yeah. But what it did do really well is 
it managed to be its own film. I think that's what Scream does a lot. It's like, I don't think they plan on sequels. They're like, we're going to leave enough people alive that the franchise can stay alive. But I think it's like, it's obviously going to be Sydney-centric because she's the main uh, protagonist. Yeah. But I think that's the problem, the, the thing you were about to touch on with the Scream films. The part one is obviously standalone because it was the first one made. Yeah. But part two could easily be in a standalone in itself. Yeah, well, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I think when you make a strong sequel because of that, yeah. because it's its own film and you're not, you, you're, you're building off what part one did, solid foundations, but you're not like trying to build all this universe. But you're leaving enough loose threads that a universe is possible. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so you leave a Sydney alive or you leave... Uh, Randy dies in part two, doesn't he? So yeah, you leave a dude... Randy dies in part two and her boyfriend who, like, you know, right just before his death, you think maybe he's... Oh, no, he's the one who put me up to this and he's, he's stuck on the... Jerry cross. O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. And then he takes a bullet straight into the middle of the chest. And yeah. He dies... He dies innocent. There should be more trust in Sydney or something. It's not what he yeah, says. Exactly, it's a, a yeah, exactly. Tim Dioliphant, it's not... Yeah. Um, but but uh, I thought... It, Raylan Gibbons. Yeah, it did. It did. I didn't care about this cast of characters as much as I cared about the first one. Yeah. But that's. I don't know if I can blame the film for that. Yeah, because there's, you're there's always going to compare. Though you're always yeah, they're always going to compare, and there's yeah. something about the first. Yeah, it's even like if you look at something like a spoof, like scary movie. The the, the first cast is way more iconic. Oh yeah, than absolutely. the second cast. Yeah, absolutely. Because straight away the second cast is going to get compared to the first cast. Was the first cast you don't really have anything to compare to when the first time yes. it happens? You know, yes. and that's why original like first movies are often more loved than. Oh yeah, sequels, well, it could be character from the first one will always be the original goofy character yeah so if you have a goofy character the second one, you're just going to be like oh so this is the new goofy character. oh that's randy 2.4 or 2.0 yeah, like, yeah like, or stew 2.4 yeah you know, like, yeah which we had we had it we had a stew yeah do you remember even the uh the what's the bad uh, the black actor's name in um the, the ball guy, uh, what's his fucking name? In, in, what, this in, in Scream 4, remember? Or Scream 3. He's like, you're the new Randy. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you work in a video store and your name is, oh, what was his fucking name? But like, I love the way they just like straight away, that's something they make fun of. Straight, oh, yeah. that's, that constantly happens in horror movies. But that's it. I, I, because the film always has to go bigger, this one didn't necessarily go bigger in, in, in like, oh, now there's 25 ghost spaces and they're using chainsaws. Yeah, exactly. bigger into its own metaness. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just li- because the hallmark of this franchise is how meta or how like self-aware that well, it is. That's it, yeah. You know what I mean? So like when you look at like uh, Friday the 13th, the kills were as what it was famous for. So it got that's what it leaned on. You look at Friday Thirty or Nightmare on Street, the dreams are what it was uh, um known for. So that's what it leaned on. And and, ha- and Halloween it was the suspense. Yeah. And for a while that's what it leaned on until it went insane. But like and then you have uh Scream and it's known for its self awareness. So it become, that's what it, that's how you, sh- you missed an opportunity there and go, Do you know what Halloween was known for? <laughs> It's suspense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I fail as an actor. Right? Yeah, I never yeah. make a good actor. But yeah, I, I, I thought the second film, I, I thought it was, it, sir, I don't know if I made the point properly, but like it was a, it was a second film that deserved to be made. Yeah. You felt love. For you sure. Felt like you, and it's, it felt like, a, 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 like you said, it could have been a TV series. It could have been the sixth episode of a TV series. If it, 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 it bled from, from the first into the second, it felt like a second season because everyone was just a little bit older and they were on a precipice in the first one of leaving high school and going to college. So this was, they went over the precipice, most yeah. of them got killed and then they went into college and we got a whole new crowd. Yeah, so, and, but, and it felt very organic because it felt very organic. what would you do after something like that? You'd move away. You'd move away. You yeah. know what I mean? And then obviously like, 
because you're like okay I'm on the I think this I read up a little bit but I think they were like saying it's in Ohio or somewhere like that and Woodsboro is like a fictional town in Southern California or something like right. that so I think there's like obviously a lot of a distance between that I was like I want to go to where's the safest thing you can think of in America yeah. Middle America and I'm going to go to somewhere like Ohio where it's just real chill and it's completely different that's where no, like you yeah. know she's fortunately she can't escape yeah. because of the, the legacy of it she can't escape the legacy yeah. of and Gail's book and Gail's fucking the Woodsboro murders or something. Yeah, it's why she hates Gail so yeah. much. Well, and the ambush interview with that's yeah. where she actually punches Gail, yeah. which I thought was a great scene. Yeah. Or, or, or open hand slaps her, I can't recall. I love um uh, uh her cameraman, is it the the, the cameraman in this? Yeah, there's a cameraman in the second one. Yeah, did not want to die. Yeah, he's Omar fucking... or something is he's is the actor's name. Um I actually couldn't find that dude that is plays... it Phil. Is it Phil, yeah. yeah Phil played by Omar Epps. Oh, right. just like, you know, no, no, Omar Epps is the guy that gets killed at the start. Oh, my apologies. Um, yeah, no, I don't think he's actually on this list. Dude. Is he? Uh, well, he deserves it because he got some great lines. Yeah, I think it's Phil's like, she's like, when I say record, Phil, I mean fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> Carney Cox plays the bitch so brilliantly, though, doesn't she? Oh, like, she, she does. really does. Absolutely like absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I don't know, I, I, I thought it was, they, they tried to expand the universe and they did, and they tried to expand the storyline, yeah. and they did, and they managed to do it in, in a way where you didn't feel like they kicked down the door to do it. Yeah, it wasn't forced at all. Yeah. Like. And the deaths were like some, uh, not completely over the top, they were very they were very reminiscent of some of the first ones. Thrown through a window, stabbed to death. Yeah. Pulled into the back of a van, yeah. stabbed to death. There's only so many ways you can kill someone with a knife though. Yeah, but yourself. that's kind of it, isn't yeah, it? You, you know, know what I mean? That's especially like the, even that there was the franchise was called Stab because somebody with Mike was just stabbing people. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the reveal? Let's just say in this versus the reveal in the first one. Um, when you finally meet Mrs. Loomis and Mickey. Um, well, Mickey, as I said to you earlier, I predicted that he was one of the killers. I yeah, just, I uh, thought he same, it did exactly what it did in the first one for me. With, I didn't think there was going to be two killers. No. Yeah, because it was the double fake out. Yeah, the double yeah, fake out. Yeah, yeah, the trick is, but um, yeah, no, um. You want uh, Ju Julia Metcalf, no, what's her name? Uh, Lauren Metcalf, um, the played uh, Miss Loomis. Yeah, uh, she played, yeah, Lauren Metcalf, Metcalf you're right. Um, but, she, yeah. but, they, but they managed to kind of keep Billy alive in a kind of certain way, didn't they? You know yeah, what it's I mean? kind like of, the, it was the reverse of Friday the 13th. It was the reverse of Friday the 13th. Yeah, because you have the, the mother replacing the son instead of the son replacing the mother as the central antagonist, like, you know, in, in the franchise at the time. And, like, uh, Laura Metcalf is, like, uh, is, it's her name, Lauren. Is, uh, so, like, the whole way through, she's, like, she's this needy local reporter. She looks like she's, like, a Gale fanatic. And she's, but she's constantly first to the scene. That's one thing. Yeah. Constantly first to the scene. Yeah. Because, like, she's, like, Gale's, like, uh, arrives at a murder scene she's like oh, I'm wrapping up now or some shit like that and yeah. she was actually leaving because she like, got the report and you still didn't get it and maybe it's it's kind of a, a I hobby. just thought because she was local news yeah and she knew people yeah and, there was and also you just thought you're just less you're just less trust of a motherly looking figure you know and she and just I, didn't, you didn't I thought she... it was like Gail was like a duck out of water she was out of her element because California is her turf yeah and like you know she's not like you know what I mean she's not as wholesome as these people are used to or what do you think of Mickey uh, he's he's what's the word I'm looking for he's uh, manic no modus operandi your reason for doing something is your um, yeah modus operandi no your motive motive that's yeah. the one yeah your modus operandi is how you kill what was his motive his, his motive was he wanted the big trial. He wanted to be known as a famous killer. Yeah, it, it seemed a little bit, didn't it seem a little bit... Was it him, actually, not the first guys that were going to blame the movies? It was him, was it? 
Yeah, no, the first guy yeah, he was Sydney's dad. Father, yeah. And they were going to get away scot-free with their vengeance and yeah. the fact that they've got to experiment with killing people. Yeah. And he was going to blame the movies and, yeah. be, and be a superstar, basically. Yeah, like, and once again, we see there's a dominating, like a Loomis picks a fucking fool to, that's deluded to be their accomplice. Yes. Because she was obviously the stronger of the two. They said they met in a serial killer chat room or something. And like she was only using him as a ploy or uh, like just pretty much uh, to do the dirty work. Cause they say he did a lot of the killing. I think she, I know she did some of it, even though the, I think she or I think either Mickey, I think is it Mickey that says something back to about what Randy says or something or uh, there's so I, I remember I can't remember what I was reading something the other day that they made a mistake with who uh, says back a line of dialogue because they couldn't have been the killer at the time must have been the other one of them. If when you look look at it in reverse or some shit, but um. Yeah, no, I, I thought the reveal was good. It obviously wasn't as good as the first one. No. But be, uh, I like that they kept Billy alive. Again, like when you said reverse Friday the 13th, yeah. Friday the 31st, the, the whole thing. And I thought that's brilliant. When yeah. Think about it that way. But then the freaky Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> but they needed somebody young, fit, strong. That yeah. Was probably, muscle. Yeah, the muscle, basically. Yeah. And uh, somebody who's, again, you can have one person with a really devious layered plan and you're like, what about the other guy? And he's like, I don't know, dude, I need, you need somebody who just, who was just doing the fucking horrible shit for horrible shit's sake. Yeah. And let's just say somebody who's obsessed with the spotlight or somebody who wants to be, you know, outgun Bundy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah. You know? And uh, if I can't be famous, I'd be infamous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially like in a film school and stuff where you kind of realize how hard it actually is to break in. But yeah. you could be, I mean, you know, as many people know, the name Ted Bundy is no anybody's famous. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So in, fa- in famous and infamy is it, they are thin lines. And uh, by the way, Joel, I think, was the name of the cameraman. Oh, was it Joel? Yeah, was Joel it, yeah. Dwan Martin was the guy who played him. He was brilliant. Yeah. You just had the awareness, like, okay. Was he, like, right. starting to read the book and everything? everything. Yeah, because especially when <laughs> somebody gets butchered in the back of his van, he's like, fuck this. Yeah, it's like, your camera, last my cameraman got good. No, 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 he didn't get good. He got his throat slit. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you look, I'm, I'm looking here and I can see all the sorority sisters were like, Portia de Rossi, Rebecca yeah. Gayhart. Like, I mean, it's just crazy how... How solid the every, cast is. How solid the cast is. Like, I mean, you're, Rebecca, in, you're in the cast as sorry, sorority sister. Is that girl, uh, Rebecca Gayhart? She urban, was an urban legend. She was the killer in Urban Legend. Yeah. Yeah, she's the curly hair girl, isn't she? Yes, and then yeah. in she real life, she right, she kills someone in a hit and run or something. Oh, really? And that's what happened to her career. Is she in prison right now? No, no. Oh, she weird. Got, she, I think, like, whatever. Must be fun to be rich. Yeah. <laughs> she had a good lawyer, probably, but, like, it was of a case of damaged goods though in, yeah. in terms of her name so yeah. her career just just ended yeah she'd be back Matthew Broderick came back after killing someone yeah Matthew um, Broderick did it yeah allegedly on both counts allegedly on both counts <laughs> people yeah. hitting his car definitely dead yeah um uh, uh, like uh, allegedly yeah it happened here in Ireland yeah you know? yeah I'm going to cover ass legally no that's what I'm <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, so three monsters. Yeah, <laughs> the Weinstein Company. Yeah, yeah the Weinstein Company. Yeah, um, that was just the one of the later ones, wasn't it? That's what. Well, Part four. One. I was actually wondering whether or not I should actually put that in the cheat sheet. And I was like, I don't want to rewrite history. No, you know. No. But uh, uh, where where do you think like it, it was already successful? A hundred percent. Like, and I think it's aged really well with time. Like, what it absolutely yeah, does. It's like because it has its own iconic scenes in, in like the way Part One had. You don't know the rules. This one had that. 
movie uh the movie class scene where they're all like bouncing like what's the best sequel and then that's the kind of something that kind of runs through and that's another sign of its uh self-awareness that like it's like is this a better sequel than the first like that's yeah. pretty well his, uh, no sequels are better than the first and that's what it's kind of hinting at it's, yeah. it's at itself the whole way through and There's that's a lot you let slide when something's poking fun at it's, a, yeah. it's like that person in your life that poke fun at themselves yeah you you you, you kind of you don't mind teasing them or being teased by them yeah it just creates that kind of rapport and I think a film can do that yeah. if it just pokes fun at itself the right way and yeah. this film did that. Yeah, and it did and it had the right actors to do it in the right way as well. Really, you know really what I mean? Did. Like, And that's the best thing about it. The cast was really good at being self-aware and they were like, every, like, but at the same time when they needed to be all the dramatic moments like never failed as well. The scares were good. Oh, yeah, we the lost go- Randy. Right? Yeah, like that, that. That that was the feels one. Yeah, because there was only four remaining survivors left in part exactly, one, yeah. and he was the weakest link. You know what I mean? Goodbye. He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was the weakest link, and he, he got, got taken out. and he was like, so that at the end that leaves only three of the OGs left for the rest of, for part three. That's right, yeah, three OGs into uh, part three. <coughs> Excuse me. How do you think about how Sydney again turns the tables? On her, on her, on her would-be killers, and, and it, it makes her. sense to me because it's now she's she's already been through the Woodsboro massacre. She's uh, understands how to play um, the, with the Loomises. She understands how to buy time. Yeah, especially doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, because you know? she did it in part one. She bought herself time and she got out there. And uh, I remember when Leif Schreiber pulls Gail out of the oaks. Like, how many fucking lives do you have? Because <laughs> she like gets shot and she falls into the place where you no know, the orchestra sit. Yeah, and she falls into that. I know I don't know what they call it, but like she falls into that. And then at the end, like they think she's dead, and she she just like jumps out of the hole. And Leif Schreiber pulls her up. And it's like, <laughs> uh, I love that scene though too. That and like, Leif Schreiber had a slight redemption arc. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because he even it's not that he was definitely innocent of murder, but as a person, he came across as probably being a douchebag, yeah, self-interested, shallow, or what and, have and you. he finally got his moment in the sun as well because because she sends the film crew his yeah. way because she didn't want any. Yeah, exactly. And remember, she happen. said she said how she got him to kill or uh, to shoot Laurie Metcalf or to turn the gun on her or something. It's like she was like Barbara Walters or sixty minutes or something like that, like you know, and Barbara Walters or some shit. And yeah, uh, that's how he. She was pretty much saying to him because remember he was saying earlier on, "Come on, Barbara Walters or sixty minutes, and we yeah. get like a million dollars or something, something ridiculous." Like you know, did I mean? she did she get to kill Mickey? Was it was a her turn, Gail? You know, like the last scare, the killer comes running the, at you. The two of them did. Two of them did. Yeah, uh, was... she killed um, Billy Loomis's mother, didn't she? Um, Sydney. Yes, and then she ki- and then Mickey jumps up off the, off the ground. And like waving a gun, and as he jumps up, Gail and Sydney Gail and open Sydney fire. Lay, lay into him. Yeah, yeah. because uh, you did the one thing you're not supposed to maybe not announce yourself. You know, especially he probably could have gotten sneakily, away sneaking into sorority houses yeah. and, and throwing girls through windows and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? he probably actually could have gotten away at that point yeah, because they thought he was dead. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. And it was filled with all dry ice and fog. But the thing like, is, one thing that's going to be right through this entire series is that they're all self-contained. Yeah. They're all like, I mean, I know you could argue that Billy Loomis's story bled into the second one. Of course. Just, they needed He's somebody, a legacy character. They, they needed a motive. Yeah. And somebody said, what about this? And somebody, you know, that sounds actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, what you referred to as a reverse Friday the 13th. So I, I could imagine going, yeah, yeah. that's solid. It's that's stra- solid. Yeah. Bit. An estranged mother that feels guilty for not being there for her son. And exactly. now he's dead. Now he's now dead. Like he was a good boy. Yeah. In her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Like as Ted Bundy's mother, I'm sure, said, and all these mothers said, he, he was a good boy. You know what I mean? Like He was raised by his grandmother and he thought his sister was, his, his sister turned out to be his mother. Yeah. Ted Bundy. Yeah. yeah. And all that. Yeah. That monster. <laughs> um, but um, so Noel, how did you think part 
or two weighed up against part I, one I before thought, we get to go here for I thought it was I, I thought it was a worthy successor. I thought it expanded on I remember coming out of second one thinking this actually deserves a trilogy. Yeah. Sometimes I like a story to just happen and leave it the fuck alone. There's a lot of life new. left in this franchise. And a lot of life felt like it was left in this franchise. Yeah. And it just felt it, it kinda of, the second one was just about how fucked up people are. Yeah. And you feel like, well, if with that in mind why can't you have another one? People yeah. are extremely fucked up. Yeah, exactly. You just need someone else from your past. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, like you, you're reading stories all the time about, oh, guy wanted to go on a, a cop killing spree yeah. to see how many, if he could kill more cops, let's say whoever, or a guy wanted to blow up this building, see how many Muslims do. It just goes on and about yeah. the hate and psychosis in the world. Well, that is a big, deep pool that you can pull from. Yeah, exactly. And the second film made me just feel like, fuck it, they can just keep going with this shit, I think. As long as it, they, they don't start making trash films, have at it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think the thing is as well, because as, as long as it's some way connected to Sydney, yeah, yeah. Well, Sydney's your writing runner. That's what yeah. I mean. She's Batman and Gotham. Exactly. She's going to do most of the fighting. Yeah. And the absolute craziest of crazies yeah. find her. Yeah. No matter where she goes, she, whether she, it's Ohio or exactly. it's California. Yeah. It's that, She'll that. always be the one in the final showdown. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so she so. is. She's the Batman and Gotham man. She yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> but she has to figure it all out. She has to do all the fighting, and the people she goes up against are absolutely insane. Yeah. And it's, she's Batman and Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Generally, it's usually it's her trying to figure out what the link is to her. Because yes. after part one, she knows it's a personal killing. So part two, she's kind of trying to figure out, is is this someone trying to recreate, recreate Woodsboro? Because the, the, the way they're using the victims' names, the new victims are actually mirroring some part of... It's like Maureen was played by Jada Pinkett Smith, That's like right. Maureen Prescott, and her boyfriend was the same as uh, someone else's boyfriend. Like yeah, you know, he's played by Omar Epps, you were saying a second ago. Um, yeah. But like and uh, Phil St- and like and it works down some Stevens guy like Stephen the guy that got killed at the start. Um, well, it's actually Phil Stevens, yeah. Phil is Stevens is, is that boy, what it was actually? Yeah. Friend, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so Phil Stevens. So like uh, he was supposed to mimic like. Uh, oh yeah, no, it was it was always yeah. mirror, and you will find this when we go into third one. Not sure ahead of itself. It's mirroring itself while mirroring itself. Yeah, it's like you know. Um, Screen two is in the universe of Stab One. And, yeah, you know, and then by the time Screen three rolls around, because they because they jump forward another two years to yeah. two stabs and by the time screen four comes around yeah. ten years there so it's a legacy it's already gone yeah. so it is it's always mirroring itself yeah. uh, it's a mirror held up to a mirror Yeah, and that's a hard thing to pull off but yeah. this film pulled it off beautifully yeah and it does it constantly as and well, it, like, I, yeah. it didn't care about the characters as, as much um, I felt sorry for the boyfriend who did turn out to be innocent this time but that yeah. just made sense to me from a storyteller yeah but because he's Randy, a clear red herring Randy we loved yeah. and Randy died and that was enough give the film stop it from being too goofy yeah this was goofier than the first one yeah uh but that that grounded it for me because that was a loss i felt yeah and david arkeka he's ritual butcher in his oh, yeah, like. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lot like a lot like would you will a lot more yeah. <laughs> um so no do you want to say anything else about screen two before we get out no no it was, a, it was an awesome revisit it was an easy like sometimes the watching the films feels like homework i remember the time i was at the end of this i was like i was just thinking of what what, what hours can i fit it in yeah but i was i was absolutely down yeah they're so enjoyable they're so entertaining so enjoyable. and what Watching them that close together, which I'd never done. Yeah. Like, wow. That's just it's such a cool franchise. Yeah. And I didn't give enough credit first time around because I think it was a bit of a purist. I needed I needed gore, I needed hell. I yeah. Needed, you know. You need metal. Yeah, you know, I yeah. did I needed like new metal. I need, I need over the top because this this was over the top in a city way, but we needed over the top in a concept way yeah. or something. And this and when you were just watching these films and and how self-aware they were yeah i just recommend this franchise you know 100 like yeah. uh, well, the, the way part two um built off what part one did 
and he reintroduces and then like uh you know to miss loomis and then a short mickey and i had one thing i love about this movie like you know is that it fucking shows you how much it loves horror oh my god like, you know what i mean that's the the big takeaway i think from the first two screen movies is like wes craven's sheer love for the horror uh genre because his characters it just bleeds through them like you know what i mean and even yeah. even as you go along like you know and then when you co- it goes into part three when they talk about like old school horror hollywood and the b movies and shit like that and the expectation movies and stuff but like i just love the way it just shows like every single character in the movie is how you nearly want all your friends to be someone everybody nearly has a devout like movie knowledge and like they can like, yeah. like every second line is a quote from a movie you know what i mean like and that's what i love about when it's real snippy or, or real uh, snappy repartee or whatever that's like, it actually like, the way people actually talk yeah as opposed to something that's very organic yeah exactly yeah. and as opposed sorry it's something the exact opposite something that's very rigid yeah uh so yeah it it, it, it did have that it, it was just steeped in realism while being yeah. very, very much so, yeah exactly that's and what i love I about love it, it. Yeah. i love anything that does a balance of that. yeah i think that doesn't just walk yeah that's right. one thing i love about it. and i think like it shows that it has such a great affection for the the genre the way the kills were the way it, it was so self-aware the way it looked at the tropes the way it, like oh the oh we're just going to do friday the 13 reverse like i think it was like we're gonna have the guy that's gonna blame the movies and it's all so yeah, like yeah. like old hack in the best way yeah and it's done with such affection and shit like that and that's one thing i love about the first two screen movies i was expecting just... the religious people who were just like you know <laughs> It's this is because of original sin or something. <laughs> like, all factions. <laughs> yeah, or the Order of Two and the later Halloween yeah. movies when they went, they lost their fucking minds. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, so like when before we get the fuck out, I just think yeah, Scream Two was definitely a worthy follow up. Maybe not as iconic or not as memorable, which is often the case with Part Two. Yeah, but not, as it no. goes along the line, it's probably the second best movie of the franchise. Even yes. though Part Four rivals it a lot, in my opinion, I think because I, I think, think Part, part Four is so f- solid. Four reminds me a lot of part two yeah really yeah because it was so self-aware and especially because it was next generation yeah so, and people were able to slot into the roles the yeah. other ones would have aged out of which uh, it was yeah exactly well, yeah second best film in the franchise going to my head yeah i think so and yeah. and, and i think like it's uh the killers uh, they kind of become less memorable maybe as they go along yeah and um i think these were the last kind of really memorable uh, really rememberable really memorable killers of the the seven that we said that wore the ghost face mask yeah because the next one seemed a bit more tenuous yes um except for maybe i know her cousin or whatever jill in part four but like i think like when you get along with the long lost brother and shit like that you know it's a bit uh, you know that kind of way like it's a bit yeah. like you know but i think this is definitely the, the probably the second best in the in the franchise, and it's a worthy follow up to the first one. Even though it may not be as iconic, it still it has a sh- again. It still has a shit ton of memorable when moments. You have the concept. You have the concept. You yeah, like we always say this though, like aliens to you can't. If the concept is already there yeah. and as cool as it is, you have to change the concept um, while still paying homage to the original. It's that's why you get debates with Godfather One and Two and Alien yeah. and Aliens. You know, Terminator One, Terminator Two. Like you know what I mean? So it's just a, a constant case of can you change the sequel enough to avoid direct comparison so it's also a standalone thing and sometimes it's hard to do when you have a slasher movie um because it's very hard to change the concept because the formula of a slasher movie is so well ingrained into that subgenre and so what all could scream do was make itself more meta or more more self-aware and it, even though it wasn't as original in the way it portrayed its protagonist or sorry antagonist it still i think was ridiculously enjoyable for how self-aware it got 
And I think that's the hallmark, as we said earlier on, of the franchise, that even though the movies might not be super original each time with the kills or uh, who's Ghostface or whatever, I think how self-aware it becomes and how it plays with that self-awareness throughout. I think it's yeah. the major... Like, you're more like, aware of that when you watch them twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really think you are. But yeah, no, I think that's it, man. I think we just did screen two. All right, cool. Um, all right, no, so we get the fuck out of here. We'll be back. Out of here. Later today. Yeah. Screen number three. And four. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Four. Right, <laughs> which I've definitely watched. Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, uh, I'm your host, Vince Green. I'm your host, Alton Tui. This is Invasion of Poly Snatchers. You just listened to us, screen one and screen two. We went to Woodsboro, we went to college, and we'll be back again. We're going to Hollywood next time, motherfuckers. So peace out and listen again. Noel, final word. Carol Mack in the back. Thanks for everything. And thanks for listening, people. Peace out. See you later next time. See you later next time. See you next time, fuckers. <laughs> See you later next time. I love it. <laughs>